Hello and welcome to the Bankers Podcast Series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the Bankers editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage through these tough times. I'm Kimberly Long, Asia Editor of the Banker, and today I'm speaking with Central Bank Governor of the Philippines, Benjamin Diokno. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. To begin with, obviously, the, the central bank has been taking some steps to protect the economy during this time. Could you explain maybe some of the processes that the central bank has implemented? And also, is this what spurred the decision to cut rates? Well, the global pandemic has highlighted the fragility of human life. And my thoughts go out to all that have been affected by it. In the Philippines, we are taking decisive and necessary action to protect Filipino lives and livelihoods, especially of the most vulnerable. However, we as a nation have entered into this crisis with armor and buffers that are helping us to manage the impact as best as is possible, among which is monetary policy space. And the BSP, has demonstrated boldness in terms of mitigating the impact of COVID-19 on livelihoods through a series of actions. And these are the following. First, we have cut our interest rate 125 basis points in 2020 to 2.75%. Lower interest rates will mean cheaper loans for businesses and households that will reduce the cost faced by households and businesses in the Philippines. Second, we there's a 200 basis point cut in the reserve requirement ratios to increase liquidity and encourage banks to continue lending. Third, purchases of 300 billion government bonds in the secondary market, giving the government more fiscal space to direct financial help to frontliners, families, and businesses who need it most. Fourth, reduction in the overnight reverse repurchase volume offering to provide further stability in lending markets. Counting on loans to micro, small, and medium enterprises as part of banks' compliance with reserve requirements. The micro, small, and medium enterprises account for 63% of the country's total employment. And this unique policy should encourage even more lending to be directed to these enterprises, which are vital to our national economic health. Mm -hmm. And then there's the time-bound relaxation of various regulations pertaining to compliance reporting, calculation of penalties on required reserves, and single borrower's limit. This is a long list already, but we are monitoring developments and are constantly considering the implementation of additional policies to bolster the economy. It is important to understand that the BSP and the whole government are working tirelessly with our entire nation to rise above this pandemic. We are ready, responsive, and will remain resilient. We have what it takes to get through this, and we will come out the other side stronger. 
you've clearly taken a number of measures already to help to boost the economy at this time. Uh, does the BSP have any other measures it can take if necessary? This is an extraordinary time and it calls for extraordinary measures and outside the box thinking. Again, our priority is to save lives and livelihoods. So we must rise up to the extraordinary challenges that we face and bring a sense of hope to the Filipino people. So governments and central banks everywhere must not hesitate to implement unprecedented actions to safeguard citizens and to help economies bounce back quickly as soon as the pandemic fades. And as shown by the actions we have already done, the BSP has a full range of monetary tools that we can continue to tap if needed. The BSP also recognizes the importance of providing supplementary measures aimed at ensuring domestic liquidity and normal functioning of the financial market. The bottom line is that we need to be data-driven, bold, and agile in our monetary policymaking. And we must always consider the human impact of our policies as we look to create the conditions for economic resiliency. So looking forwards now from beyond the current time, what do you think recovery will look like for the Philippines once the the risk of the COVID-19 pandemic has passed? The Philippines will likely register a U-shaped PD economic recovery in 2021. With the decisive and timely measures implemented by the government and the BSP, we will manage a soft landing for the economy and to push it to bounce back as soon as the pandemic fades. For this year, we see the economy slowing down in Q1. It will contract in Q2 and Q3 and start to recover in Q4 of 2020. On an annual basis, GDP is expected to grow between zero and negative 1% in 2020, and then strongly recover to about 7.8% in 2021, as the impact of the policy support measures gain traction. The strong recovery, of course, is based on the assumption that the pandemic is contained in the second half of 2020. As we always emphasize, the Philippines has entered this crisis with armors and buffers. We have sound macroeconomic fundamentals, a stable and well-capitalized banking sector, and the much-needed fiscal and monetary space, which allow us to roll out significant relief and mitigating measures. These buffers, plus the relief in mitigating measures from the BSP and the national government, allow us to look forward to the time when the Philippines will be back as a new, better, safer, and more agile economy. Once this pandemic is over, investors are expected to look for investment destinations that have survived the crisis better than the others. And I strongly believe that the Philippines is among those better off. Philippine sovereign debt remains an attractive investment as evidenced by the recently announced $2.35 billion bond issuance. The fiscal and monetary space, which allows us to implement measures to mitigate the impact of the pandemic, 
on livelihoods and lives, bodes well for the ability of the Philippines to attract job generating investments for Filipinos post COVID-19. And we are working towards a recovery that is strong, inclusive, and one which lifts up Filipinos who have been affected. We are a resilient people and we have the monetary and fiscal space and the tools to bring to bear to ensure such a recovery. And all of this is clearly a difficult time for the country's corporates, but also for the banks as well. So how is the BSP maintaining the health of the banking system throughout this? Well, it is important to know that even before the start of the current pandemic, Philippine banks were already adequately capitalized with healthy liquidity position for absorbing unexpected losses. The central bank has prepared them well with enough capital and liquidity buffers, as well as very minimal exposure to bad debts. Banks should have the capacity to fund loans and extend credits to its borrowers. Regulatory relief measures, which can help manage the non-performing loans, encourage banks and other BSP supervised financial institutions to grant a temporary grace period for loan payments or to restructure the loan accounts of their borrowers. Maintaining the health of our banking system is a solemn responsibility and something that will have a material impact on the economic health of the Philippines and the well-being of the Filipino people to persevere through this crisis. And looking more towards the future now, what trends do you see coming out of this as that will form the, the world's new normal post the pandemic? I am dedicated to reform and I have been for my entire career as a public servant. I often think that if you know something to be right, it is prudent to act proactively and decisively. That is even more true in once in a lifetime crisis such as this. Now, there are many lessons to be learned from this crisis, and it would be a waste if we don't learn from it. In the past, I advocated for transformative legislation from the Philippines' history, such as the VAT law, and recently the train package reform law. As a former budget secretary, I also advocated for the budget reform bill. I understand the need for reform and have always been in pursuit of it. These reforms have proven to be foundational to our progress, and now they will form the basis of our recovery. As BSP governor, now is no different. We must move forward with important reforms to continue our progress and further aid our recovery for Filipino livelihoods. So here are a series of reforms I have in mind. First, we need to continue to accelerate our financial digitalization. The lockdowns have restricted mobility across the globe. And here in the Philippines, many people stand to benefit from electronic means of payment and fund transfers. We have set a goal of having 50% of financial transactions done electronically by the end of my term in 2023. But because of the enhanced quarantine measures, 
it is likely that we will reach 50% earlier than the target. Electronic means of payment increases the velocity of payments and fund transfers, thereby helping accelerate overall incomes and economic growth. And it also empowers low-income earners and the marginalized to be part of the formal financial system. Digitalization will also help overseas Filipino workers send remittances to their loved ones. Last year, for example, they sent something like 33 billion US dollars. So digitalization should reduce both the cost and time of remitting income. Secondly, as a priority for the Philippines and to further improve how public services are delivered, we must push forward with a full implementation and adoption of the national ID system. An important lesson learned from the ongoing pandemic is that a national ID system would help with the distribution of financial assistance to people working in the informal sector. Globally, I believe governments will put more emphasis on strengthening fiscal health and external positions, even after COVID-19. The ongoing crisis requires huge amounts of relief measures, including financial support to the vulnerable sectors. This has highlighted the importance of building fiscal buffers during normal times so that governments can provide support to citizens and businesses without suffering from debt frenzy during a crisis. In the case of the Philippines, we have ent entered the crisis with sufficient armors and buffers. This includes a very manageable debt burden, which has allowed the government to implement massive relief measures without fear of fiscal troubles down the road. Prior to my stint as, as BSP governor, I was on the fiscal side, serving as budget secretary. Before this pandemic, fiscal authorities pushed hard for vital reforms, including tax reforms, which have helped shore up the government's revenue collection and budget reforms which have addressed underspending and have helped improve capacity of line agencies. All of this have proven to be important so that at this time of the COVID-19 outbreak, as the reforms have made the Philippines better equipped to deal with the crisis. The ongoing crisis likewise presents the risk of market volatility. And so it pays to have a healthy external position from the very start. In the case of the Philippines, our ample gross international reserves, which we expect to reach about 93 billion US dollars by year end, along with other sound fundamentals, have helped kept the peso fairly stable. Overall, better fiscal health will yield tangible results for the well-being, economic and otherwise, of Filipinos. Right. Well, thank you very much for speaking with me today, Governor. And it's very interesting to hear what you're doing to keep the economy and the banking systems of the Philippines stable at this time. Thank you. And you can keep up to date with the podcast series by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and following our discussions at thebanker.com forward slash podcasts.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.